You are Locked On 76ers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia 76ers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 76ers. I'm your host, Keith Pompey. Happy Thursday to you. It's Thursday, November the 13th. Today, I have three things to talk about. I have my man, Mike Silski, with me. Say, start off by saying hi, Mike. Hi, I'm his man. <laughs> so, the first thing I want to talk about is Jimmy Butler's. Jimmy Butler made his debut last night. The Sixers, unfortunately for them, they lost to the Orlando, Orlando Magic. Magic. Uh, they lost to them, what was it? One, Ke- one, Keith's a little, 111, 111 to 106. Keith's a little punchy, everyone. <laughs> 111 to 106. Um, the thing is, we, we're on the first segment, we're going to dissect Jimmy Butler's game. On the second segment today, we're going to talk about the Sixers' fourth quarter. Y'all, they were up six. I mean, they had a 16-point lead and blew it. Blew it. We're going to talk about that. And then lastly, we're going to talk about how the 76ers can move forward. But right now, it's time to just dissect Jimmy Butler. So I'm going to ask Mike a hard question. So, Mike, what would you think? On Jimmy Butler's performance. Well, my thoughts are that I was a little bit surprised by it, only because if you've watched Jimmy Butler play or listened to any of the chatter about him since this deal, you know, went public and everybody knew it was going to be done on Saturday and wasn't done till Monday mm-hmm. uh, or even Tuesday, I guess. Um, you thought he's going to be an alpha dog. You thought he was going to come out, try to establish himself right away. Yeah, it had only been 24 hours he was with the team, but, you know, you hear so much about his personality, his mentality, all these things. And to be honest, I thought he deferred for the entire first half and for parts of the second half. Now, there were times in the third and fourth quarter where he didn't, but I think, in a way, it was, his presence was almost counteractive. Mm-hmm. You could see what, was, what could be good about it, but in the end, there was a lot of, like, feeling out amongst the teammates about... Who's going to do what, when, why, where, all that stuff. I think it led to Joel Embiid spending a lot of time on the perimeter tonight, which is a place that he can be effective at, but not too much. And I think he was out there too much tonight. Um, and I just kind of think, you know, this is a game they should have won, obviously. And, and while, you know, it was always unrealistic to think that Jimmy was going to show up and drop 35, I think you could have, you could have gotten a better showing tonight. I think they were a little tentative with him. I mean, I agree, but I disagree. And the, and the well, you're why, wrong. And the reason why I'm saying I agree and I disagree is because, yes, he was tentative. But I kind of think that, you know what, all the talk was about how, like you said, how he was an alpha dog and he is he going to come here and he's going to disrupt the team and he's going to do this and that. And I think that he made a conscious effort to fit in. Mm-hmm. Now, not only that, he didn't. They, they only went over a couple plays doing shoot yeah. around today, so he doesn't know the plays. And if you notice, every time they would break the huddle, he was always talking to a coach. Yep. And people were pointing on the floor where to be at. So I think is is an adjustment stage for him. But here's the one thing that I noticed in the fourth quarter, and I know that they they lost the game, but I noticed when late in the game he was the one telling people where to go on a defensive end. You know, he was doing things like that. So that tells me that, you know what, he probably came in just like the rest of them thinking, we're going to smash this team. I'm just going to try to get acclimated to what's going on. 
But once he saw that, hey, we could possibly lose this, that's when he stepped up. Yeah. Now, again, I felt like he played well, but it was obvious that he didn't he, – he, he, he has to get his comfort level and he has to get uh, more adjusted to playing with this group. Yeah, he, he's an interesting fit, I think, with Embiid and Simmons in this regard. Well, for a couple of reasons. Number one, these guys, Embiid and Simmons, the Sixers are the only team that they know. Mm-hmm. And Brett Brown is the only coach that they know. So their NBA experience is relatively limited. They've grown up in this program. You know, Simmons sat out a year with the injury while the Sixers won 31 games. Embiid sat out two seasons while they were tanking. Mm-hmm. So they have an appreciation at, for what the franchise has been through. Mm-hmm. Butler doesn't have that. You know, he's coming in, he thinks he's going to win right away, and, he, and that's why he's here. The other thing is, those two guys, Ben and Joel, are incredibly gifted athletic basketball players. You see what they can do on the floor. Even with the limitation that Simmons has and that he won't shoot or arguably can't shoot, you can see what he can do running the floor, you know, near the rim, his mm-hmm. vision, all that stuff. And Embiid's game speaks for itself. You know, and we talked about this in the walk back from the arena. Butler is not that kind of player. He just works his tail off. I mean, he's a terrific athlete because every NBA athlete is, every NBA player is a great athlete. But he just works and works and works. He never stops moving. He never stops thinking through the game. And that is interesting to me to see how those three kind of guys will coexist. Mm -hmm. Because he's not the athlete they are, but he's got a lot more experience. He's got a lot more toughness. And we're going to see how much more desire, if any, he has than those yeah. two guys. Yeah, and I think I think it will work out well because my thing is, at the end of the day, I think they want to all win. Right. You know, they all want to win. And, like, if you look at it, you know, here's the deal. It's hard for Ben Simmons and Joe, and I know, I know a lot of people talk about how he can become a cancer to a mm-hmm. team, right? That's what they say. I don't know. But to me, it's hard for Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid to respect someone who's not on their level mm-hmm. or better. Yeah. Now, if you got a guy who's a four-time All-Star, mm-hmm. now look, at the end of the day, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid are supposed to be way better than Jimmy Butler. Like, like when their career right. is over. Right. When their career is over, they're supposed to be better than Jimmy Butler. But at the same time, I think that They'll listen to him a little bit more than they would anyone else. Mm-hmm. Just because of, and, and he is an alpha dog. Yeah. Now, again, like you pointed out, we didn't see it early on. But I feel like he was just getting adjusted. I think that it's hard to judge someone off of one game. Sure. So, like, after five games, we can, you know, we'll see. We'll have a better sense we'll of it. We'll have a better sense. But, you know, I feel like that, you know, it's going to work out well because... They respect them. Okay. And I'll be honest with you, there's not a lot of guys that could go in there and say to Ben Simmons, yo, you got to get this stuff in gear. Yeah. You know, this and that. I don't see too many guys doing it. From what I hear, this guy can do it. So I think it'll work out. Now, the problem is, like you said, today, you know, here he was. He, he had 14, 14 points. points. He was 6 or, six or 12. He made his, he started off. He made his first three shots. Yeah. Then he missed his next two, and then he scored again. So, you know, he's a little inconsistent. Now, 
you know, Joel Embiid, he had 19 and, and 10, mm-hmm. 19 points, 10 assists, and 13 rebounds, two blocks. So he had his first career triple-double. Right. So, you know what? But here's my thing. This is what I was thinking was going to happen with this team. So if you notice, Joel was 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 the beast early on. Yes. Joel goes out, and then they run everything through Jimmy. Right. Right? They did that. So I'm looking like, hey, this could be cool if they mm-hmm. keep it up. The problem is they didn't keep it up. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, they've got, you know, and this is on Brett Brown. I mean, he's got to figure out who plays well with who, how to substitute, you know, um, all that sort of stuff. I mean, it's going to be a work in progress. I think they all acknowledge that. Um, and there were certainly occasions tonight where you, you looked at and watched what they did and said, oh, okay, I see how this can work. Um, but you watch that fourth quarter and you say, oh, my gosh, this is the same team we've been seeing all season. Mm-hmm. All right, you all, right now we're about to go to um, commercial break. We'll be back with you guys in a couple minutes. So I'll probably go to like six. I always mess it up, so I'll go to like ten, ten. Okay. All right, y'all, I'm back. And so is Mike. <laughs> so, hey. So, Mike, here's the thing. You know, I've been covering the Sixers. This is my sixth year. Mm-hmm. You've been a columnist, you know, the same round, the same, the same time. Yep. And every time we go to Sixers games, they always end up blowing leads. <laughs> they do. Right? An awful lot. An awful lot. And... Last night was no different. No. I mean, it got to a point where, I hate to say it, you know, I'm following my story. So I'm like, okay, this is in the bag. Yeah. Let me start, you know, looking at stuff, editing stuff. They're up by 16. Then all of a sudden you're like, uh-oh, they're coming back. They're coming back. And, and they kept coming and, and kept, they kept coming. coming. They kept coming. And... What do you think the, the cause was for last night's? I, I think there, this is a general problem that they have had. And I wonder if Jimmy Butler can help solve it. Brett Brown talked before the game about uh, the, how Butler's presence would allow them to play more pick and roll with Joel Embiid. Um, it would create a situation in which, and, and you've written about this and talked about this, where in Butler... Now the Sixers have a player who can get his own shot anytime he wants it. I think a lot of what the comebacks come back to is the system. The Sixers have a difficult time in stopping an opposing team's scoring run because they are not a team that can 
simply dump the ball down or give the ball to a particular individual player who can stop a run himself. Everything is system-oriented. Brett talked about this with respect to running, you know, Joel Embiid and J.J. Redick on play after play after play after play, and that they've probably done that too much. And they do that an awful lot. They are a system-passing team. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is not a situation where, okay, if, if the opponent has scored six or eight points in a row, it's like, all right, give the ball to LeBron, give the ball to Durant, give the ball to Butler, give the ball to Carmelo, whoever it might be, and he's going to get us a bucket here and he's going to stop the freaking bleeding right now. Mm-hmm. They have not had that. Now, Embiid's been that at times, but not often enough. And I think you saw that again tonight. And as Butler gets assimilated more into the offense and the flow of play, mm-hmm. I think the hope has to be that he helps stop some of this. The hope, but they hope also they need some hope on some defense. They, they better do. hope that they can stay in front of someone. Yeah, they do. I mean, it's like part of the problem was, yeah, they were 0 for 5 from the field. They committed three turnovers mm-hmm. because – what happened is Orlando went on a twenty was a twenty twenty one to zero run. So, but here's the thing: they with that twenty one to zero run, they made seven consecutive shots. A couple of them were free threes, mm-hmm. and they made they went four for four from the foul line. Yeah. So the Sixers do need offense, but they also need defense. They, do. they just don't have it. They do. Sometimes I think they struggle with this that they they are able to do the spectacular and struggle with the fundamental. I think that's a big part of what yeah. ails them, too. Hey guys. Yeah, what's Sorry. up, man? Yeah, we're doing a podcast. You want to say what's up? <laughs> nah, say what's hey guys, up. Sorry. Nah, it's, nah, sorry. No, come here. You can, since you, like, you know, since, well, first of all, I want you to introduce yourself so people don't say, who's oh, yeah, this guy? You're on White's with Complete Report. Yeah, uh, don't hold this podcast. Uh, yeah, it's cool. But since you're crashing it, we're talking about how Orlando got back in the game with this 16, the 16 over up. What did you see? Can I tell you what's funny about that? I'm going to out myself. I looked down. I was reading one article during that stretch. I looked up and I said, what the hell happened to this score? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how fast it was. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to out myself. <laughs> I can give you a BS answer. But I don't, <laughs> no. I'll tell you, I looked down for a minute and I looked up. I was like, what the hell? How'd that happen? Well, you know what? You know, the funny thing is, I was saying the same. It was like, you know, you're like, okay, so you, you're saying to yourself, okay, they're going to win this thing. So how am I going to craft my story? You know, Jimmy Butler, yeah. this and that. And he says, hey, they just hit another three. Hey, this and that. Now, one thing that you also alluded to, like Markel played well, yeah. but he might have played a little bit too long, too much in that, during that stretch. Yeah, yeah. I, think, I think Brett wanted to get him as much run as he could for whatever reason, whether it was to make Markel feel better about himself, whether it was to up his trade value, <laughs> whatever the case may be, he wanted Markel out there. And as long as they were winning the game, and even when things got closer and, and tighter, he was going to leave him out there for as long as he felt comfortable with. And that's what he did. And he, the game got so close that at, finally with five minutes to go, he said, the hell with this. And he put the starting five back yeah, in. And yeah. the Sixers made a little push, but it wasn't enough to separate themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. All right. Now, y'all, we're going to the second commercial break. But you be patient with me because sometimes there's some gaps because I have technical difficulties. <laughs> You laughing? <laughs> you laughing? You want to sit down for the last bit? 
What do you want to sit down for the day? I don't need. Don't worry about it. You guys can do your thing. Yeah. All right. I appreciate. So I hope I have my curse on that. Sorry about that. <laughs> nah, don't worry, man. It's all good. I'm impressed with the work ethic. Shit, I'm I'm tired. Honey. <laughs> <sighs> Where do they go from here? All right, y'all, we're back for this final segment. I want to talk about where the Sixers go from here. You know, here, here's my thing, and I said this over and over again, and there's no knock against Jimmy Butler, no knock whatsoever. This is where Keith rips Jimmy Butler. No, no, not, not at all. But, but my thing is, when I saw that Sixers team play the Toronto Raptors in the first game, Boston Celtics, like, in their first game, and the Milwaukee Bucks, first time I played them, the gap was so wide yes. that when you add Jimmy Butler, it makes it closer. But is but, it enough? But is it enough? Exactly. Because, you know, they got three stars, but the other guys got top-notch role players, too. Yeah, I don't think Elton Brand slash Brett Brown slash Josh Harris are finished changing this roster. No, yeah. I don't think so. I, don't, I would be very surprised if Markel Fultz is still a functioning member of this team by the time it makes a significant playoff run. Yeah. Um, I think that. I don't think, you know, it's nice that Furkan Korkmaz has played as well as he has, and to be quite honest, I didn't get a chance to ask Brett about this or talk to Furkan or him about it. It's a bit of an indictment of the Sixers coaching staff, I think, that Korkmaz has come in and played this well in the last three games after getting absolutely no run for the year and a half he had been on this team. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe he wasn't ready to play right away, but he is, a, he is a functional NBA player out there now, and he could have even been contributing earlier, it seems to yeah. me. So the point being that are they up there with those teams yet, with Boston, Toronto, Milwaukee? No. But I'm will, I took a look, you know, take a look around at the team you saw tonight and how much has changed since the beginning of the season from last year. I don't think – I think things are going to change some more. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, like, part of it, like part of Ferk's problem was, like, well, last year he wasn't going to get any burn anyway. Right. But, like, the excuse that people are using is, well, he, he broke his foot or he hurt his yes. foot. But this and that. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, now the, here's the hard part about that is that they didn't pick up his option. And the thing is, if they never made this trade and they weren't undermanned to trade for Jimmy Butler – no one would be talking about Ferk because he would he wouldn't get that opportunity. People right. were like, "Shut up, dude! Just yeah. shut up and That's shut right. up." You know, you're you're an end of the bench guy. But now the fact that he is balling out there, you know, is one of those things where you say to yourself, like, "Wow, did the Sixers make the right decision by not picking up his option?" I don't think they did. It's funny, I talked to a former uh, Magic official tonight who mentioned a player 
um, similar situation that they've gone through. And the guy's a pretty good player for another team in the league. They, they decided not to pick up his option. Another team claimed him. And he's okay. I think the Sixers – here's the thing about this. that you know, I always go back – there are oftentimes I go back to that famous Jim Mora speech, the old coach of the Philadelphia Stars in the USFL and the New Orleans Saints yeah. and the Indianapolis Colts. He went on a post-game rant one time where he talked about the media. And he said, you know, you think you know, but you don't know. Yeah. And you'll never know. Well, guess what? Every once in a while, the coaches don't know either. And I wonder if this coaching staff looked at Korkmaz and said, you know what? Let him go. He's not going to bother us. He's not going to turn out to be any, you know, we're not going to regret letting him go. And I think he's shown that there is game there. Yeah. And another team's going to probably get him at the end of the season. Um, and even if they don't, the Sixers are going to end up paying more for him than they otherwise would have. Um, and, you know, it's, it's going to be a decision that was not a smart one to make. Yeah, I think the big holdup for them is although he's a shooter, Brett Brown really didn't like his defense. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he didn't like some of his decision-making. I mean, he's a raw player, but like you said, he's a he's – a, you know what? You could argue, like, he's definitely he's, – he's at l- – He's at least the second best three point yes. shooter on it. At least, at least, and he could be the number one in in, in a little while. You know what I he mean? He survived last the last half of last season with Marco Bellinelli, who couldn't guard me. Mm-hmm. You can survive with Furkan Korkmaz, and you have him for a full season, so that you know maybe his defense can improve if you keep yeah. running him out there. You know, and besides which, you now have Jimmy Butler who you can play with Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid and Wilson Chandler, your defense should be better. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right, you're right. So, well, look, I'm right, Brett's wrong, end of podcast. Yeah, hey, and guess what? That's what we're going to do, <laughs> end of podcast. Hey, y'all, I want to thank y'all for listening. Um, I want to thank you, Mike, for coming on. Anytime, man, man. You know, you make sure you get home and this morning and don't have to worry about the snow. And, uh, hey, y'all, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Peace.